Welcome to the Hashtag Struggle Hard Podcast. I'm Marvin, along with my co-host Kat. Each week, we bring you the best discussions surrounding young professionals and what it takes to be successful in their own right in today's world. Follow us on SoundCloud, Instagram, and Twitter. Before we get started, you probably would have heard the awesome intro music we've had for this episode and last episode. That is our good friend, Mo, who was kind enough to produce that for us all on his own. He plays every instrument and probably a few I don't know about, along with being an awesome race car driver, man of many talents. So, Mo, thank you very much for that. Thanks, Mo. So, what we're going to get into this week. Let's see what's on the agenda. Current events... Winter Olympics, and then a whole bunch of stuff from millennials to Tide Pods to Gen Z, social media, and some politics, as well as a new segment that we'll do at the end of every episode called Struggler of the Week. So Kat, you want to kick it off? Sure. We can start it off with our current event, the Winter Olympics. I'm sure everybody has been watching this at some point or another, and enjoying their favorite winter games. I personally really love the ice skating, not ashamed to say it, and the snowboarding, the big style jumps, that's amazing. And I think what we've been talking about as we watch this is how much dedication and perseverance and struggle that so many of these athletes have at such a young age. I mean, when I think about what I was doing at like 18 or 21 or 27 or that, um, I was not nearly as committed to something as you have to be to be an athlete. I mean, nobody was telling me that I was going to have a possibility of being in the Olympics. So maybe that pushes you a little bit to have that if you feel that it's an actual possibility, but Aside from that, like, it's really impressive, like, the sacrifice when you think about it. You know, being a 21-year-old, not being able to go out drinking when your friends are all living life. I don't know. They go pretty hard in the Olympic villages. Their events may only last a day or two, and they could stay all three weeks. Yeah, but that's the first time they're, like, away, like, on their own, unpoliced. Like a homeschool child going to college for the first time. Exactly. Not knocking homeschool children. I'm sure you're all wonderful. But yeah, Winter Olympics has been great. Really enjoyed it. (laughs) There's been a ton surrounding the U.S. sending the largest delegation we have ever sent and coming up a bit short, which not because I'm an American, but I kind of take a little offense to is just because we send the most people doesn't mean we're going to win. We're trying the hardest. We also can send the most athletes and it's an experience for all of these young people. And when I say young people, I'm excluding the men's gold medal curling team. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. Love you guys watch every single event and sat on the edge of my seat for that gold medal match. But (laughs) curling is the sickest sport. You guys all look like a bunch of dads that just wanted a weekend away and somehow wound up in South Korea. Badass curling dads just swishing away with their brooms. Your wives definitely do not yell at you about sweeping up. because It's definitely way more fun than golf, I'm sure. Pro level, absolutely. <laughs> and it's probably more of a drinking sport. And but- I didn't realize like what a following curling had. Du- they were showing Duluth. Like their curling club, the place was packed. I didn't, I didn't realize this was a thing. I want to learn how to curl. Let's do curling. Yeah, shout out Duluth, Minnesota. You guys definitely represented for the U.S. curling team. Yeah, well, great we- job. <laughs> and Canada. Not only did Germany chump you guys with their amazing Twitter, check out our Instagram page to see that post. But women's hockey, rude, just so knocked rude. you guys off the pedestal. That's killed it. Yeah, I mean, hey. At least we're winning medals in areas and dominating snowboard as usual. Shout out U.S. Ski and Snowboard. (laughs) Tiger Shaw, also the most badass CEO, just for that name alone. Yeah, that's a pretty sick name. Uh, I mean, like, if you're named Tiger, you have to be good at something. Tiger Shaw, Tiger Woods. (laughs) That's it. Those are the only two Tigers, and they're both awesome. No, Tony the Tiger... He's Again, great. he represents everything there is about awesomeness. So good work, Tony the Tiger. Frosted flavored goodness. Frosted flakes are delicious. And hey, for everybody saying 
that, oh, we came in 20th in bobsled or the U.S. didn't place here. Think about that statement. That is 20th in the world. Yeah, anybody that's competed in the Olympics and made it to the Olympic Village, I don't care if you come in dead last. You are still better than all the other athletes in your country. Like, that's something to be said. I don't think people put it in perspective ever like that. And it's like, no, you are that amazing at it. Nobody else is as good as you in your entire country. So. Or, or for that matter, if there's 30 teams competing in an event and you came in 20th, you're. You still beat 10 other teams. (laughs) They really need to put what they should do for winter Olympics. Put (laughs) one regular person. Yes, I agree. (laughs) One regular person in every event. Not somebody that has no idea what they're doing. Somebody that may, like, you know, win their local or state competition. Yeah. And whatever. So you take the best five for a particular event, maybe number 15, number 20 on that list. Take them too. Put them into the event. And then everybody will really see how good these athletes are and just how dangerous the Winter Olympics are because there will probably be a few deaths. Not that we want that, but... If you're a Winter Olympic athlete, (laughs) you have way more stones than summer athletes. Yeah, the Winter Olympics are way more treacherous. There is no fear of death (laughs) on a basketball court. Let's just sit on a giant ice skate and throw ourselves down this icy chute. Yeah, if you're hitting 90 miles an hour (laughs) in an ice chute, kudos to you. Shout out to Cool Running, though, that we watched the other night getting tattooed, among many of the other great films we watched. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Oh, no, we didn't watch that. I lied. I'm just making things Super up. Super Mario Brothers. The Super Mario Brothers movie Another with John Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out John Leguizamo. Where is he these days? Doing one-man shows that are amazing. He's hysterical. Awesome. But before we get too off topic, (laughs) last point about the Winter Olympics, and it goes back to the whole purpose of this podcast is struggle hard. Figure skating. Perfect, perfect metaphor. You never want to go off topic. No, perfect metaphor (laughs) for struggle hard. U.S. figure skater. I think this was his third Olympics. He'd never medaled, got robbed a few times this year. The other two competitors against him. One comes up, falls twice. The other falls once. He performs a flawless routine. Only gets the bronze medal. The other two placed ahead of him because their routines were harder, or they attempted harder. I'm guessing they're called tricks. That's what it is in like most of the events, though. Sure, but if you fall in snowboarding or big air, you get no points. That run doesn't count. You have to land something. Right. So to go through a flawless run in figure skating and still come in third place, which he was very happy that he finally got the bronze medal for it. (laughs) Gymnastics is that way though too in the summer games. Exactly. It could always show that sometimes you have to take that chance like the other ones do. And even if you fall, you can still succeed. See, there was a purpose to this. Oh, that's so good. So again, (laughs) anytime you're thinking about taking a leap or... Just risking something or risking it all. Go for the bronze medal. (laughs) (laughs) Just think, if I risk it all, I could get the gold. And at the very least, I'll get the bronze. (laughs) If I don't, I'm only ever going to get the bronze. So that's your choice. But again, third place is still third in the world. Yeah. Uh, That was an excellent point, actually. I really like. I like how you put that. Very eloquent, babe. I do what I can. Every now and again. And I interrupt you. What else is new? (laughs) Story of our lives. So, moving on to other topics. There's been a lot of talk and a very tragic event in Parkland, Florida. We'll hold a moment of silence now for the victims and their families. And hopefully some good comes out of this. But there's been a ton of talk between gun control, different policies, anything from that to sponsorships being pulled, protests, and most recently, this new generation of young adults 
becoming activists. And their really first forte, we saw a bit of it during the election a little over a year ago, but now they're finding their voice and the power of social media and really what they're all about because they're supposed to be very different from Gen Z and, well, Gen Z is supposed to be very different from millennials and those that are in high school now, the ones that we are hearing this new formed voice from outside of that they love barstool sports. Shout out barstool sports. Everybody loves barstool sports. Female CEO, by the way. Yeah, which is badass. Shout out to you too. You're amazing. You're my hero. (laughs) But now we have everybody detractors, right, left, everyone's mad it's the gun's fault it's the kid's fault it's a mental illness fault oh we don't want to even listen to these kids because it's literally going from tide pods to activists well i i would argue that these high school kids that are speaking out now are not the ones responsible for the tide pod issue they actually are because if you look at it they're being lumped into generation z just as the way that a 35 to 39 year old depending on which study you look at can be grouped into the millennials i guess obviously there is a very specific age range for whiny millennials and the entitled bunch whereas the rest that skew to maybe the older side and the few chosen ones from the younger group are not they don't associate with that but they still technically are millennials this age group now from high school to let's say like 23 years old so college students high school kids just because i like to think i'm always younger than i actually am we are not that young it's not how old you are it's how old you feel that's exactly right and sometimes (laughs) we all feel old as dirt that's that's also true but I would say I think it's one of those things where there's always going to be people doing idiotic things. Um, I, you know, I keep joking that like the Tide Pod situation was natural selection and people are not going to take that as a joke. Some, Some maybe, but I mean, it's sort of like if you're dumb enough to do certain things like... You're bringing that upon yourself, I think. Um, well, it's you can't. I think, I think that being said, in that argument, which has been rampant, I've seen it on Fox, I've seen it on CNN. Mm-hmm. Again, totally different viewpoints. I wish both of them would have a battle royale and we would only be left with CNBC. But <laughs> Jim Cramer for president. Oh, those are fighting words. Mad, hashtag mad money. <laughs> No, we'd just be yelling all the time and pressing buttons. What's the difference? Our president currently thinks he's hitting a button every five seconds. He's hitting the Staples Easy button. He has a bigger button than some. They keep telling him that it's just they need to fix it. Broken buttons or not. (laughs) I think we can make the same argument and a lot of people have of you can't punish the lot or you can't judge the lot. By the actions of a few. So again, just like I don't, all of the high school kids that are being and sharing their voice, they're taking a stance. We should say that productively. And whether they've been in this world long enough to know or not, their generation that has grown up with something that no other generation has really had access to. They are constantly surrounded by multiple devices. They are connected not only to each other, but to the rest of the world on a level we have never seen before, never experienced. And they live in a world where, you know, they live, sorry, I'm pulling away too far from the mic. Um, they live in a world where, you know, mass shootings are, are becoming more frequent than they were, I think, or that we were aware of when we were in high school. You know, we had Columbine and... Like, it, that was kind of like the first, like, eye-opener for everybody. But I did hear, I listened to, um, I know you love all my murder shows and stuff, but Murderinos out there, I listened to My Favorite Murder. Shout out to Karen and Georgia. (laughs) Don't give me a face. But they were talking about this on their podcast a bit, and 
discussing the fact that, you know, this, this generation has, you know, a, a different viewpoint and they're, they're voicing it in a productive way and like an eloquent way. And they're, they're speaking out from what they know. And, you know, I think that people maybe they're going to be the future. So I think everybody needs to kind of stop and negotiate. I think there's been very long where, and we discuss this all the time, that there's this Republican Democrat and there's everything's like one way or the other and there's no compromise. And I don't know, maybe like our generation can help lead into their generation and changing things to make a little bit more compromise in the government. And hopefully some of the dudes in Congress will kick it and we can get some younger people in there instead of 100 year olds. I definitely agree. And I think that certain instances like this, whether it's gun control or say equal rights these are all things that have been spoken about for generations and nothing's ever really changed the one thing that has changed that surrounds it is the media and depending on which way you go you're entitled to your different media so super left cnn (laughs) super right fox Fox. news (laughs) supposed to be in the middle npr and more in the middle than most you have all of these different outlets but now you're throwing social media into the mix where everybody's entitled to an opinion and for anybody that's ever watched a debate that's all it is it's one person's representation of a party and all of their opinions maybe not all of them but the collective whole and what that majority sometimes mostly agrees on again gray issue as to who's given money to who we won't get into that but again now this group gen z and you've seen high school kids walk out of classes Mm -hmm. i couldn't imagine doing that in high school like walking out of a class in protest or something it's it's beyond me i went into high school right after 9 11 my freshman year was the year after 9-11, so 2002, mm-hmm. for high school. And I just remember the most united front. That's I We were the United States. It was, was one thing that like brought everybody together. But that was a very different situation, I think. I think this is a dividing situation. Like, there's, there's not a common enemy in this. Well, I think that is it. And I think the, the common enemy, though is whatever happens to be hot at the time, which is why I brought that up. When you have a common enemy, you direct your energy towards that. Now, it's up to the media to give a common enemy and what we're going to put our energy towards. So right now, all of these kids and teenagers and young adults are putting their energy towards gun control reform or gun control and reforming of the process right that you go go through and there's definitely a revamp needed but i think a lot of the conservative side and the attacking of the nra and the attacking of law-abiding citizens especially the ones in stricter states that's not that may not be the case and again one person just like the gen z or eating a tide pod is not a whole representation of each of them one whack job shooting up a school and doing it a heinous and just disgusting act is not a representation of every gun owner conservative or otherwise or otherwise or you know what mentally unstable let's say white adolescent yeah that's that's not it this has sparked all different types of issues and the media by playing it up this is This is essentially the media's fault because they're directing the conversation. They're directing it towards gun control. They're not directing it towards reforming the mental health care. Not even even just policy. They're correct policies. Right. No. Yeah. Mental health care. And I think most like... 
I mean, you know, I'm sure the southern states will less agree, like, but for me, I, I don't really care, like, how many hoops I have to jump through to be considered a responsible gun owner if it's going to protect people from when people have like a mental breakdown. I also think our healthcare, you know, working in a healthcare field is deplorable. I think that especially for adolescents and young adults and it's, you know, either a money maker or that's basically it. I mean, most healthcare provide, you know, most insurances don't even pay for psychiatry. You have to pay out of pocket for most insurances and in a, you know, it's it's just kind of in a country where we have some of the most expensive healthcare. It's ridiculous. So I think there's a lot of things that need to be fixed, but again, it's not something that goes get rid of all the guns or have all the guns. Like, again, it needs to be compromised. And I don't think that these kids that are speaking out are condemning the NRA necessarily. I think those are things that the media is playing up. Well, they definitely, and again, that gets us back to one politics amongst the youth, particularly we can't, where in the U.S. we could get into that international conversation later, but for the purpose of this, we'll stick to the United States and where we see that. But there are generational differences. So millennials have been through multiple mass shootings, whether it was by a student in a school, again, reference Columbine, uh, the one in Connecticut that's escaping me as to the town's name. Oh, Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook shooting, yes. God help anybody that believes the conspiracy surrounding conspiracy theories surrounding that one. And before that, Virginia Tech. Again, another one that hits very close to home of having friends that went to Virginia Tech and only being 45 minutes away and people calling and asking if I was okay when I wasn't even aware of the shooting. Just because, again, the media wasn't as rampant back then as it is today. So, but seeing our generation really go through and be called the entitled one, entitled ones and always complaining about everything and wanting more and thinking we deserve this to comparing ourselves to Gen Z who's supposed to be more conservative. They're not so much the startup group that we were. They're th- they think more financial security. They'd sacrifice happiness for finance. Which is personal finance, that is. Which, again, don't know if I necessarily agree, having interacted with several members of Gen Z for quite some time. I don't think they're any different than millennials. They actually may be worse. Statistically, they have a shorter attention span for things. Well, that's which, a whole nother episode. <laughs> which doesn't help. And they necessarily haven't they were they were born into a war they don't know the world without they don't know peacetime they don't know peacetime and although this seems like peacetime it's easily forgotten because again your major media outlets aren't covering that as much anymore they don't Mm -hmm. care as much when a u.s soldier gets killed in the middle east or anything like that happens it's not news like it was they didn't see that body count rise and they don't know the effects of it has on our troops coming home yeah news has just kind of become like competing propaganda at this point that's that's exactly it and extremely well put this is the hottest story and the hottest topic right now until what goes wrong next week right or you know what in another week or two when they feel people are tired of this story what new developments could they bring up Where can this go? And unfortunately, that is what's driving the political views of America's youth today. Because that's all they have is TV and social media. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying don't be a Republican or don't be a Democrat, but especially... for those, like, 
compromises, fight for for a, a happy medium. Yeah, and, it, and just be a expect, moderate Republican or a moderate Democrat. <laughs> I think something that really drives the point home, though, is everybody gets so heated and just what's the phrase everybody uses these eight triggered i yes, think that's everyone's the new, triggered by something yes now. that's the new howard it's you have to have productive conversations and you cannot very triggering let, for me <laughs> triggered is terrible that's just <laughs> uh, what was it bet or uh, ratchet ratchet upset so many mechanics across i still enjoy the word junkies. ratchet because ratchet is such a useful tool and anybody that is called a ratchet or well, described you... as ratchet is just a tool. Not. I get I it. I find it offensive. No, you find ratchet offensive. I just don't like the phrase ratchet. I mean, you could be ratchet and be useful. It doesn't imply uselessness. It just more implies like. As Red, certain, as Red Foreman from that 70s show said, dumbass. Just yeah, say dumbass. Well, skank. Skanky? Not skanky. Skanky is the wrong word. That's too even. femininely like. We're not derived. going down this rabbit hole. <laughs> this is supposed to be. He never lets me go on a tangent. Vote for a tangent. I will let, but in this day and age, you can't even sneeze and it sound like saying the word skank without somebody yelling at us no right that's something. too femininely derived but let's say we've automatically somebody gender. who lacks um pride in their or who does not take pride in the way they present themselves is that is that the best Perfect. way Wonderful. to put that is that politically but, correct yes politically correct there's a so, whole there's a whole woman movement about like taking back words like that and again activism. i'm about it what <laughs> We can't go five minutes without seeing a protest and all about equality and things like that. But in my personal opinion, march through the street once a quarter, maybe semi-annually. I don't know. Biannually. Pick one. I'm of an opposing opinion. Doesn't, doesn't, I like it just to show that everybody has a voice and get together and we are using this voice, but in between that, you should probably have everybody that came out that day, whether it's five people or five million, writing their con like writing their congressman, write your mayor, start at the local level, write your governor, write your senator, well, and let right. them know that if things aren't changed, sign a petition. Not even a petition, but hey, guess what? Well, that'd be Next better than a protest because pro walking like marches are have lost all meaning at this point. They used to mean something. They used to, you know, be this sort of like physical presence and kind of like this, this, this showing of solidarity and like, and you know. Back in the day when our parent, you know, my mom and like everybody in the 60s and stuff was protesting, like the cops beat the shit out of them. <laughs> like, you know, they were, nobody was playing nice. Like, well, now they're out there protesting police brutality. So if the police beat you up at a police brutality <laughs> protest, that would be something. No, but my point being is just that there's a protest for like, I don't like vanilla ice cream tomorrow. Like it's just over everything. And I feel like at least to me, especially like when you say protest and I'm like, Oh, again, another thing like, and every time they're interviewing people at these protests, it's not, it's not like these people feel strongly and passionately are, and are like trying to empower others. They half the time, they don't even know what they're talking about. Like the perfect example was like, the when everybody was protesting wall street oh and, yeah <laughs> and they interviewed that guy and they asked him what he graduated so long story <laughs> short when yeah, i was when i was working on wall street one of my first jobs it was during the occupy wall street protest so on my way to work i had to walk through zuccotti park which was their camping grounds and headquarters and it outside of smelling like dirty hippie for like six now, months. Now who's being offensive? Whatever. It was miserable. <laughs> patchouli. He meant it smell like, like patchouli. Yeah. Anybody that wants to live like that by choice <laughs> has something wrong with them that isn't like serving our country in any way and like killing terrorists 
fine. But that being said, a news crew was out there and they were interviewing the leaders of said protest. And one of the guys being interviewed was blaming all of these Wall Street pigs, I believe it was, that he didn't have a job. He graduated, was in debt, and he couldn't yeah, get a job. When they, asked him, pig. when they asked him <laughs> where he got his degree from, he said Harvard. And everybody was in an uproar, and the newscaster, this woman almost gasped herself to death <laughs> by hearing Harvard, and he was unemployed. When she asked what his major was, he said theater. Now, again, <laughs> nothing against Not any at all. Not theater at all. majors, because every theater major, he, they could, you could minor in economics or finance, or you could just you could just have a passion and read the Wall Street Journal every day, and you would definitely know more than your average American. The point, but being, this man, yeah, did not. The, the the Occupy Wall Street was theater for him, and he had no idea about what a stock was or an up mar- like a down market or a bull. I don't know. He knows Only about as stock much. Stock he knows is how to stock shelves, and that's even questionable. That's rude to theater majors. He's just rude to theater majors and that's comm not, majors. Again, that is not a slight <laughs> against. I know very successful theater majors, and they're extremely hardworking people. I'm just this kidding. guy was out there just practicing and he made everybody again that deterred from the point of the protest and the original activism which goes back to being triggered you can be upset by something that's fine but that cannot stop you from having a productive conversation this last election election cycle you saw families stop talking to one another because they were torn between red and blue hillary trump and how could you do this? How could you do that? Oh, she's a traitor. He's a bigot. Like, n- to ruin relationships over this instead of sitting down and being able to have proactive conversations or just continue on and just saying, this is America after all. You do have freedom of speech. Stop attacking one another. Listen, and maybe, right. just maybe, we will come to a middle ground. So again, I think right. that going respect, back... Respect what freedom of speech actually means. It doesn't mean freedom to preach only your opinion. Exactly. You can't just say that somebody that voted for Trump is a white supremacist or racist or an old bigot or a gun-toting redneck that doesn't like... Or somebody that only cares about money. How about... Why did you vote for him? What, like, what drew you, what made you do that? Right. And then the other way too, you just can't call everybody, but you can call them that, but libtard or you're just a left wing nut and you want sunflowers and kittens and peace and rainbows. Nobody discusses the issues really. And when they do, it's just a fight and that's, what we see in our government as well. And it's just something's got to give. And I think we're like slowly, but surely on the path because this can't go on like this for, for much longer. I feel like, well, right now I think what's going to happen and going back to Parkland and this young group of individual, not individuals, but they are, they are a mass. That's it. They are, no, they're, they're <laughs> adolescents and they're a force to be reckoned with at this point. And mm-hmm. they do have a compelling story that is going to run on media channels for right. the next and at I least do, couple weeks. Right. And I do think there is something to be said, like, once again, calling out like MFM, but they did mention like, until you've had an AR-15 pointed in your face in the middle of your class, you know... It's, it it brings a different perspective and like if we're gonna listen to anybody or give anybody credit to to voice an opinion like they definitely deserve that and they should be heard and it should be cons- like what they're saying should be considered and but the same can be said for all our soldiers that have gone to war and, and lost- look how well we take care of them well, right. I mean, my, you know, my dad's a Vietnam vet. Nobody took worse care of 
veterans from a war than Vietnam. So well, we're giving them a run for their money right now. No, at least nobody. Well, I would say at least nobody's spitting on them, but that would probably be a lie in certain areas. Oh, what was that crazy? Oh, that crazy, that crazy teacher. No, the crazy church that what used church? to send people to protest. Like, yeah, there was a crazy. I forgot which one it was, but some you want me to psycho. No, it's fine, but and we could have they know they know who they are and they're going to hell for this. They uh, used to send people to protest funerals of soldiers. A church killed in action. Yeah, it Jesus. Was, Jesus doesn't like that, and I I don't normally speak for Jesus, but I feel like that's all against what that dude was about. I won't speak for any god. That there is, or anybody believes in, or any religion, but I will speak for myself and say, you people suck. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's just a group of mentally ill people. I'm going to go and call that just like a cult. I think it's a cult at that point that when is, you're just like you know brainwashed we, into doing like horrible, ridiculous shit. Like, I lump these people in to the same groups of individuals that applaud or are happy when a police officer passes away. And they're like, oh, another corrupt cop gone. That You know what? Don't let, again, back to the original you know point Enjoy of don't life. let a few yeah. spoil the group. And Yeah, let's not talk about this anymore because it makes me heated. And we all again, know how triggered. I get. When, yeah, I'm super triggered by that. And it makes me very angry. And we all know how. Well, you don't all know how I get when I, I'm angry. But Marvin over here does. And he doesn't want to deal with that. So, so while we're here, we can have a word from our sponsors. Still waiting. Still waiting, sponsors. I'm drinking Milagro tequila right now. I'm drinking it with seltzer and some passion fruit and super girly drink. But I heard tequila is supposed to metabolize better than other alcohols and make you less fat because it's made of agave. And my figure is pretty good for now, I would say. I would say. I'm, I'm not unhappy with it. So good advice to the ladies out there. Milagro Silver. Milagro, please sponsor me. Maybe if everybody in Congress just sat back and had some tequila, they'd really reel it in. I don't know. I think that guy would just keep taking off his fake glass, like his imaginary eyeglasses over and over again. That's some of the guys that are still in if Congress. If any of you know what I'm talking about. Some of, I, I will say some of the old, the old men in Congress need to go. There are just some mm-hmm. fossils sitting around that... Yeah. We just can't seem to get rid of it. They and need I, like, some uh, Black Rifle Coffee who could also sponsor us. I just ordered more uh, calf. I joined the club finally. I gave in and joined the club. You're welcome. So, I convinced her. Yeah, Shout you're out welcome. to Ross Patterson, promo code REVOLUTION. Thanks for that. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for my little discount. And I'm excited. I just got my notification that it was shipped. So. I need I need a lot of caffeine lately. Been working a lot, a lot, so struggling a lot, a lot. Shout out to you guys. So now, just in putting a nice fresh bow on this topic again, in probably three weeks. You know what? Let's go our first episode in April. We're gonna revisit this topic for ten minutes just to see the progress. That's and a good that's what's an excellent actually, idea, babe. And like what's actually occurred and one if anything has changed or if the news has actually moved on to this because this is a very telling point. Again, we said Gen Z multiple device generations. They are constantly in front of at least two screens. Phone, TV, phone, computer, there's computer, actual, TV. Yeah, there's actual apps even now. I'll let you finish because I keep interrupting you, but I'll say so, this after. So now, <laughs> seeing that they have all of this and constant access to this, the news can manipulate them and tell them what's important. So they may go from protesting gun control this week to protesting electric cars next week because they've been proven to explode at one out of every thousand. Who knows? Were they made by Samsung? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Sorry, Samsung. We could get into future technologies They're in a little bit that we're currently excited about. Don't care. <laughs> we're an Apple family. Shout out. Killing it on the earnings. $1.1 trillion company. 
Yeah, I would really like you to stop fucking around with my phone, though. Please, I, please, and wait. thank you. Please. In terms of the phone, though, I will say, Apple, you're supposed to be making a six and a half inch iPhone. I don't know who's carrying that. Especially, have you seen some of this younger generation? The tablets keep getting smaller. And the pants and the they iPhone, wear? Yeah, the iPhones. They, they can't keep... fit that in a pocket. Yeah, skinny jeans are rough. I'm uh, speaking from a girl who wears like some tight skinny jeans. Again, lastly, want to see, <laughs> wrapping this up and we are going to move on. We promise. Just want to see if this generation settles down once the news starts running something else. And if they actually keep this up and care about it. We have seen, this is now what? The second annual Women's March we just saw? Mm-hmm. What has happened? Nothing. Nothing has really changed. Keep walking. Keep marching. All about it. But you have to do something else. Gun control. You have to sit down and find a common solution. Does the system need to be updated? A thousand percent. But you need to go... What is she? She's laughing. I don't know what she's laughing about. I'm sorry. My dad just texted me like a really funny dad joke and I can't wait to tell it at the end of this episode now, but he's asking me if I need a printer, but I already bought a printer. <laughs> this is Aww. what happened. See, I can't, again, she's more of a Gen Z than anyone. She can't no, go without it's two my seconds from checking her it's phone. It's my father. It's my dad. If it was somebody else, I wouldn't have picked it up. It was him. He's not a text. In the middle of recording, it can't. Well, you know I what? Apologize. At some point, I'll be able to get an entire full thought out. This episode not, was not Not it. ever. Not ever. It's never going to happen. It's not my fault. I don't do it on purpose. So now moving on from that, <laughs> talking about we're going to do five minutes about future technologies and things we're excited about. I have one right off the top of my head that I am super excited about and... That's just because I don't drive to work. There are laws being passed in states that now for self-driving vehicles, the occupant of said vehicle no longer has to be in the driver's seat of the self-driving car. Once again, he doesn't drive to work every again, day. Huge fan to see how this works out. Oh, see, he's trying to kill me. Just for the simple fact. You heard it of, here. If I disappear, you know where I went. Again, I'm all about... I have used Uber, Lyft, you <laughs> name the ride service from day one. Love it. It keeps, you know what? It gets you to where it goes. I know it employs a bunch of people. I know it's taken away from cab companies, but they are working through the issues. It stops drunk driving. and Statistically well, proven. Yeah. Statistically proven. It cuts back on drunk driving, DUIs. I mean, again... That's revenue for the state, so I'm sure they're thrilled about this, but they definitely make it up in all the tickets they give the Uber drivers. Again, economics <laughs> aside, all about it. Self-driving cars also love the idea. I would like nothing more than to just well, sit yeah. in the back of a car yeah. and watch movies for eight hours heading down to the like outer banks. Like Rich in the limo. I would get so much more work done if I all, could just be on my laptop while I'm in the car. <laughs> all about it. I know every sales, every sales rep in the world that has to drive from client to client. Oh my would, god, yeah. Would be a huge fan of that. Awesome. One thing I'm a little leery about. Not having control when you're just sitting in the back seat and what happens if there's an emergency. Yeah, that's what I always Like now you're feeling. Now we're getting into some like ridiculous action movie where the guy has to car it's iRobot. No, I don't think I don't think so. This is iRobot. We've made iRobot now. This is not iRobot. The machines are not taking over. Well on top of that, not only do we gonna have self driving cars, but we are gonna have flying taxis. Hey George Jetson Again, we are we are literally Sorry that stepping in. To hear me we are stepping that. into the future. We go one week, one generation is eating iPods. The next week, same generation is presenting to Congress and changing laws. And now, in the future, we're going to have self-driving cars, flying taxis. Maybe after that, no, no, no. We I'm will all listen. just have no, no, no. Become one mind. No. 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 No, we can't have flying cars. 
Let me explain this. Not I do flying not... cars. These are not flying cars. These are flying taxis. They act as like they're for nobody they that's seen them. They already have those. They're called helicopters. Exactly. For nobody that's <clears> seen <throat> them. I believe they are 12 feet in diameter and they hold four passengers. The cockpit of said it. They are multi-rotor. So think drone, but with like eight or 12 of them. And they just plop down, pick up people, fly up, and then on their way. Which in a place like Manhattan is awesome. There's nothing within that airspace in between the buildings. So if you're and you have Good, helipads and you, on most And you figure, not even, you don't even need helipads. These could land on a busy street corner that always or has construction on stand. it. Or a hot dog stand. Or you know what? Hey, you want a hot dog? Just hover over it. The guy throws it up to you. You drop down like <laughs> 275 and we're all good. And we're also going to have jet shoes like in the Super Mario Brothers movie. I would actually trust people less with jet shoes than I would a self-driving car. Because I know the car is at least programmed. Because you don't have to trust people then? But Exactly. Because <laughs> I can only imagine the dumbasses in the subway trying to get to the front of the line. And my one dumbass of the week, the business guy that I saw rushing onto the subway today like he was the most important person in the world, bowled through an entire crowd, just like a running back, trying to get to the end zone. We should- Sir, one day... Somebody that is the free safety is going to blindside you onto the tracks and you're going to deserve we it. We should somehow start a Creatures of the Subway like segment. Like He's the creature a, of like the Subway. Like once a month and then we can post it on our social media too so you all can see what we're talking about. The well-dressed Christian Bale wannabe running off to find somebody's embosed business card I on the bathroom floor. I was just going to make a business card joke. How dare you? Well, but that's okay because what's our next segment? Or do Last you... one is the new Struggler oh, of the right, Week. Oh, right, right, right. Struggler of the Week. So this is where we highlight somebody that has been through struggle, persevered, or is currently going through a specific struggle. This week, it goes out to a lovely couple who I had the pleasure of knowing for a very long time, Brett and his wife, Alexandra. I first met Brett when we were in high school together. Brett was an outstanding all-state wrestler, set many a state record as well as school records. Later went on, he's an aspiring musician and has many different professions, definitely the definition of a hustler, as well as his three brothers, also incredible wrestlers, and just an overall great family. Brett wound up having a very rare kidney disease, and it just turned out he needed a kidney transplant. He had found a donor, and on the day of the operated the transplants, it didn't work out, and his donor had almost died on mm-hmm. the operating table. So very close call. He's fine now. Brett wound up going back on the transplant list. It was on dialysis. was on dialysis the entire time. It was not looking good. And all meanwhile, still working, still working out, still working, still working out when he could hustling, doing everything he could to provide for his family. And his girlfriend slash fiance, I believe at the time, Alexandra. Girlfriend. Girlfriend offered up that she would get tested to see if she was a match to be a donor. Turned out she was. And then this incredible story was And that's born. when he proposed. That's why I remember that because it was super sweet. Yes. So long story short, Alexandra was a match, donated one of her kidneys to her now husband, Brett, and they live happily ever after and are doing huge things together. Yeah. And it's just an incredible story. And they met at they met at work, right? They did meet at work. Yes. So, love in the workplace—a whole another topic for another day as well. But <laughs> that is definitely one of the things I know. Brett, right after the transplant, as soon as he was cleared to work out, he went right back, hit the gym, and the kids and guys an animal. And his wife works out with him. They meal yeah. prep. She's an incredible cook. From what I know, I believe they actually just won a a competition 
for best wedding photos and they won a honeymoon, I think, that they I had entered. That. I believe that. Was, Congratulations, you guys. Yeah, if he's were, remembering that correctly. Awesome. That's they, really yeah, cool. Yeah, they took a bunch of photos at the Empire State Building and throughout New York. Brett's brother Casey is an incredible photographer. But yeah. if you guys get a chance, their Instagram and the entire story, follow fight.strong.grow.strong. So fight strong, grow strong on Instagram. Yeah, periods in between every word. You'll find them. Hashtag Max Power, another way. And check out their clothing. It's incredible. But the story is awesome. New Jersey native. Can't say more positive things about him. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, really just like you could put it on the Hallmark Channel kind of story. Like, but really great people. So, absolutely awesome. Looking forward to the next trip they make up and uh, spending more time with them when we can. So I think that brings us to the end. Unless, Kat, you had anything you wanted to add? Nothing but some more tequila to my drink now. But I will end with my inappropriate dad joke. Yes, inappropriate dad joke. Here we go. It's not super inappropriate. I'll get, as I explained in the first episode, I will get more inappropriate moving forward. Unless one of our sponsors wants to have a say in it. Again, sponsors. Stop. Listen. You don't. How's it feel? How's it feel? I, well, I'm just gonna ignore. We'll your, get better at this. I'm don't gonna worry. ignore your negative behavior. People enjoy this. I like this. Is my favorite part of podcasts is when there's like witty banter. You call that witty? Well, no, I don't think I'm particularly witty, but I think. See what I did there? Tell your joke. I am. I'm amused by us. So, whatever. I'm pretty sure I'm one of like the only people listening to this podcast Without right now. Without further ado, see, rude. dad joke of the week. More people listen to the podcast. Here's my dad joke. Yo mama is so fat, so it's kind of a yo mama joke, which is great. If anybody knew my father, this is even better. But yo Not m- assuming a gender of the mother. First of all, don't assume gender. Exactly. Yo mama is so fat. I took her picture last Christmas, and it's still printing. This is after he asked me if I needed a printer, so. Fantastic. This is is what I look forward to. Thanks, my little Mario brother daddy. On on that note, this is the Hashtag Struggle Horror Podcast. We look forward to, well, not seeing you, but you listening to us on next week's episode. You said that last time, too. I'll get better at it. Don't worry. (laughs) I'm Marvin, along with my co-host, Kat, and... Each week, looking forward to discussing young professionals and what it means to be successful in this world. Again, follow us on SoundCloud, Instagram, and Twitter. And now some more awesome outro music from our good friend Mo.